everybody. It's week four of the Home Dogs Podcast. Mike Market Travis with you. After a uh, another average week, little improvement from week two, uh, our disaster in week two. We went six and four overall in week three on our quest to win the Westgate Super Contest and the Circa Pro Football Contest. Uh, we picked five games every week. Last week, we were three and two in both contests. So six and four overall, not bad. We picked 10 games total, 10 different games. We didn't have any double ups this week. Overall, we are eight and seven in the Circa for the season. We are seven and eight in the Super Contest. So 15 and 15 after three weeks, just dead even, completely average. We're not bad at this, but we're also not good at it either. So we have some uh, improvements to make, but there's still a ton of football left to be played. And uh, hopefully we're seeing the board a little clearer. We're certainly not dead yet. We're right in the middle. Last week, uh, we made some great calls, some ballsy calls. We had the Rams at home. We had the Vikings as home dogs, the Browns. Uh, we were all over Cleveland, just crushing Justin Fields, but some awful calls, uh, namely the Eagles in Washington. The NFC East was not kind to us this past weekend. But uh, as I said, uh, you know, maybe we're starting to learn a few things about some of these coaches, some of these teams. Mark, do you feel like you're seeing the board better than you have all year? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess more information, you know, more games played, you, you get to see the board a little bit better. So uh, yeah, I feel like I'm seeing the teams a little better. When you, uh, when you're going through this week, did, uh, the circles come easier? Like you're like, oh man, I'm locked in. Cause I kind of felt that way. Uh, a little bit. I, I feel like there was less games overall that I was interested in. I feel like there's less value maybe this week, um, than previous weeks, but yeah, I, I feel like I picked out my games pretty quickly in terms of which ones I liked. Uh, lines are definitely sharp this week. I feel like uh, the books are adjusting. There were some definitely a lot of huge, huge lines in the first few weeks. Uh, one thing that's especially sharp this year, the penalties. 630 penalties so far in three weeks. That's an average of 13 per game. That's up from 11.7 in 2020. The Eagles lead the NFC with 35, which is why this stat is so fun for me because the game on Monday night was just absolute torture. Trav, I know you're our resident officials expert. What do you make of uh, that information so far? And what are your overall thoughts on the officials this year? Yeah, I mean, I don't know from a gambling perspective if it ultimately matters. I mean, I go back to Donaghy and the NBA where he was like, you know, very highly rated from an officiating perspective as he was throwing the games effectively. So, you know, more penalties doesn't necessarily mean that they're being called worse or better. But it from a viewer perspective, it's fucking hard to sit there and watch these games because I feel like the penalties come at the worst possible times. You know, they they choose not to call things in certain situations and then it just gets frustrating because of the moments build and the, you know, the anticipation and the importance of each moment builds. I feel like the officials want more and more to do with each one. So I like, you know, guys like Vinovich and Hussey because they typically, to me, at least stand more to the sidelines. They don't step into these moments, but, you know, you can't have them all like that. I mean, Hockley looks for times to make big calls, a couple other guys like that. So it's a little bit frustrating as a viewer, but from a betting perspective, I'm not sure that it matters a whole hell of a lot. I, I thought the the two primetime games, Thursday night football with Alex Kemp, uh, was a flag fest. And then Jerome Boger doing Sunday night football with the Packers 49ers. I thought that was one of the worst officiated games this year. Yeah. I, I think Boger did a terrible job. That crew was fucking disastrous in my opinion, but I was, you know, hearing from both Packers and Niners supporters that thought they were both getting a bad whistle. So to me, that ultimately evens out. But from, again, a neutral viewer, it was just brutal to watch. I mean, and, and I think they're pretty clueless, his crew. Yeah, for me, I just think there's way too many holding penalties and there's so much pass interference. And and the we, we talk about it on the side, just there's no, the uncatchable ball is just not a rule anymore. They'll throw pass interference for just about anything. And then when the game's on the line and there's an obvious pass interference, they do this all all the time. They're calling it all game and then they call nothing when it's one of our teams driving 
in a big spot. So, you know. yeah, or or vice versa, where it's like they don't call it at all all game, and then they do call it at the end, and that's frustrating yeah. too. And I, I do think like the the point of emphasis thing it always sounds like ridiculous when they say in the off season, well, this is a point of emphasis or that's a point of emphasis. But I'll tell you, I mean, people are getting lit up with helmet to helmet hits. It's more than just the big one in the primetime game that we saw in the Niners Packers game. I uh, saw a couple over the weekend that I was like, that's you know clear and obvious, and there's just nothing. But you know, I didn't see any taunting calls necessarily, but it just appears like you know that player safety issue was you know an issue for a matter of minutes for the NFL, and now it's just like moving on to the next thing. I, I think there's no consistency to it at all. Yeah. So luckily, we haven't been screwed by the officials. We've just been uh, screwing ourselves with our picks. But I wanted to point that out, and I did get trapped to drop two f bombs in the first five minutes. So <laughs> good for me bringing up the penalties and the officials early. Uh, as we do every week, we've got to pick five games in each contest. Uh, perhaps we'll we'll have some double ups this week where we're taking a game in, in both contests. Uh, hopefully, that is the case. That means that we have some stronger convictions. Uh, last week we we took ten different games. As I said, we went six and four overall. That'd be great if we were just betting on the side and betting with money or we're professionals. But when you're trying to win a contest, a six and four or three and two is just not going to cut it. So uh, let's just get right to it. I'm going to start out with with a, a game that that was at the top of my list earlier in this week. But uh, some injury news today and some line development uh, has made me cool off a little bit. But I still want to get it out of there early because it's one of our one of our teams here. It's Mark's team. It's the Jets. They are plus seven home dogs against the Titans. Uh, I'm not sure I'm in love with this game as much as I was earlier in the week, but the Jets are one of four 0-3 teams against the spread, joining uh, the Chiefs, the Jags, and Washington in the in the cellar of the against the spread standings. Titans, 1-5 against the spread in their last six for sub-500 teams. They're coming off of big wins in Seattle and Indy. You know, at least Indy's a divisional win, so that, that gets them fired up. Line opened at three and a half. It got up to seven and a half, eight, now down to seven. Julio Jones, AJ Brown are banged up. Maybe that's why this line has come down. But uh, Mark, what do you think about your Jets here? It, it, maybe it's still too early to get on this team. I just don't want to miss that chance when uh, we can get Wilson and some value. Yeah, I actually had this uh, in my top five, probably not surprisingly. So teams off a shutout loss are now 21 and six against the spread since 2015. Um, Miami hit on this last week. Um, the Jets fit that category this week. Home underdogs off a shutout loss are 13 and three against the spread since 2010. So that's 81%. Well, so I have Mike Grable, uh, not been a great coach as a favorite. He's 12 and 17 against the spread as a favorite. Uh, the injuries uh, for, the, for the Jets, like Marcus May being out, uh, bothers me a little, but I feel like um, the Julio Jones and, and uh, uh, AJ Brown injuries kind of cancel that out. Titans, sixth worst two and one DVO team in history. Um, DVOA. DVOA. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, I don't think you guys remember this game. I think it was two years ago. We took the Jets as home underdogs versus the Cowboys. They were seven and a half uh, point underdogs. Yes. Um, I was thinking this kind of this game kind of lines up with that. The Jets ended up winning that game outright. Unfortunately, we took the Jets the next week, uh, hosting New England where they didn't score a point. But, um, <laughs> I don't know, th this game just seemed to, you know, early in the season, everybody count them out, a home game. I, I just like this spot for the Jets a lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll defer to you guys. I mean, to me, I'd like to see something out of the quarterback before we jump in. I mean, I know seven points is a lot to get. Uh, rookie QBs, I think, are now 0-6 against non-rookie QBs, you know, and that's straight up. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think the against the spread record's any better. You know, I think Tennessee is still one of these up and down teams. I think they're going to generally beat up on bad teams. They're, they're still going to put up a lot of points, even if they don't have the the receivers. And Derrick Henry, I think, still scares me a little bit. I, I'm not going to try and talk you guys out of the Jets. I just, I don't know. Again, it's one of these things like the quarterback just to me looks so lost and the team around him looks just so rudderless that, you know, it's a heroic call and I'm not going to stop you guys from making it, but I just don't know why 
I mean, I guess if we have 10 games to pick, this could be a top 10 game, but there are certainly other teams that are, you know, more established and are getting some points, even if they're road dogs that just we're, we're a little bit more interested in. So again, I just say the quarterback and no track record bothers me. The coach, no track record bothers me. I think Tennessee, I mean, the, the statistics mark that you gave and the trends are, are intriguing, I guess, to go against them, but yeah, I guess that's all I have to say. I mean, it's totally fair criticism. I'll point out though, like the Jets have played three pretty good defenses. Carolina, I think, is top five in DVOA. Uh, New England's top ten. And who they played last week? Denver. Denver, uh, top ten. And, so, and, and this is like their their first game for that offense going against kind of an average or, or maybe below average defense. So maybe they can turn things around. But there's obviously concerns with the quarterback and that offense. It, it's looked pretty terrible. Uh, the Jets' defense though has been actually surprisingly good. They're, they're tenth in DVOA right now. So that's kind of encouraging. I thought. Yeah, when you when you mentioned that the Tennessee is like the worst two and one DVOA team or whatever, I mean, I, I seem to recall, you know, six or seven weeks into last year, I don't remember if it was Tennessee or somebody else, but it was like they kept being like, oh, they were the worst two and one team again in DVOA. Then they were the worst three and one. You know, it just kept kind of adding, and so DVOA I think is valuable to a point, and maybe it is you know valuable this week. And again, I'm not going to stand in the way. I, I certainly don't have the Titans circled, but yeah, I mean, let's keep the Jets in and see what happens. One other just Wilson stat, uh, he's. Averaging 1.7 seconds per attempt, which is the fewest in the NFL before he's under pressure. Um, he's on pace to be sacked 85 times this season, which I believe would set a rookie record or just a record in, in general. Um, so as Mark said, he did. they did face three really good defenses. I'm still convinced, as we said uh, in the preseason and, and before the last few times we've gone against the Titans, that the, the Tennessee defense is awful. I think if we're going to see any flashes of Wilson, it's got to be this week. And if you don't see anything as a Jets fan, you got to be pretty freaking worried. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty extreme to say, honestly. I mean, like Tennessee right there only losses to Arizona, who's three and oh, and it has looked pretty good throughout. So, you know, that that loss in week one, which seemed pretty bad. I don't know that that's as bad as we think. And then they've beaten Seattle and uh, in Indy, who, I, you know, I don't put much credit in that win, but it is what it is. Before the season, look ahead line, it was plus two and a half for the Jets. Wow. That's given the Jets a lot of credit before the season started. Um, all right, but we don't need to. We don't need to force this one. I, I, as I said at the top of it, I, I I've cooled off on it as the week's gone along. But yeah, it you, did guys, stand you guys out like it? Let's let's keep it around. Yeah, yeah. We the will. AFC um, East also is four and eight against the spread in non-division games. The AFC South isn't much better, but just putting that up. Yeah, two uh, pretty pretty poor divisions so far. Trav, uh, since uh, we were both kind of on the Jets, there, what's uh, number one on your list this week? The Giants. Um, <laughs> no, I like I like the Giants getting seven and a half in New Orleans. Um, we've been riding this Jameis thing up and down. So we were on them week one, off them week two, on them week three. I think it's off them this week because I like getting the hook at seven and a half. Giants getting 45% of the bets, 65% of the money. Daniel Jones is 10 and four against the spread on the road. Only four and 11 at home. And obviously the Giants is a team that that looks absolutely atrocious. I think they have more talent than you know would be apparent in their results. And, and again, if you compare it to a team that has an unproven quarterback, I mean, I'm not sure this looks a whole lot better, but I do think that Daniel Jones can play a little bit. And you get the volatility of Jameis on the other side, which which I like. And I still think there's some New Orleans injuries, which which are favorable in the matchup. So uh, seven and a half just seems like a lot of points for the Giants. Um, I know they've been de- very disappointing, but they lose these close games. And here you're getting over a touchdown. So I- I'm intrigued by it. But, uh, you know, if you guys don't like it, I'm, I'm happy to leave it on the sidelines. Just kind of jumped out at me. Trav, Trav, you'll probably uh, maybe like this version of the stat. Giants, 10th highest 0-3 DVO, DVOA team in history. See, now so, that's that's that I can get behind that. 
they're, they're currently actually 18th at DVOA, which is kind of surprising. 17th on offense in, in terms of yards per play, 19th on defense. Uh, I like it. I think there's value. Uh, I feel like people are, are starting to jump on the Saints after that their big win in New England. Um, I, I can get on board for sure. Man, there's nothing better. Nothing better we can do after going 15 and 15 in three weeks than hopping on with the Jets and Giants in week <laughs> four. I love it. Uh, I do like this game as well. This is uh, one of my top five. I just think it's way too many points for James to be laying. I am concerned that this is the New Orleans home opener, uh, not only yep. post-hurricane, but post-COVID where they weren't allowed any games last year. So I expect the place to be pretty bonkers, and we're going to have to be prepared to withstand going down maybe 14 or 10 nothing early and hope that that Jones can backdoor us. Saints are 10-3 and 1 against the spread in their last 14. Giants O-line's a mess. Uh, we've known that growing going into the season, but it's even more of a mess, more injuries. Slayton and Shepard uh, both did not practice today. We might not see them this week. I'm not sure that necessarily matters. I mean, Jones was making that guy Colin Johnson look okay last week and CJ Board, so uh, it's almost better if Evan Ingram's not there, even though <laughs> he is playing. He fumbled last week and had a drop. But uh, yeah, not, not much more to say. I, I'm willing to take this. It's too many points. And I like the flip-flop with Jameis all year. Yeah. yeah it's another another loss last week purely on the shoulders of Evan Ingram, who's been, you know, generally bad, I guess, in his Giants career. I mean, to me, it just goes back to Jameis, like you said. I don't know. For whatever reason, it feels like the Saints are going to be one of these teams that when they win, everyone's going to be like, oh, they're never going to lose again. And when they lose, it's like they're never going to win again. And I'd rather just kind of stay on this train. Yeah, and the Saints didn't play great last week. The Patriots are just might be awful. So uh, yeah, we were on the Saints, and it wasn't much of a game. Like it, it was really boring. Uh, both teams just really run the ball a lot. They don't let Jameis do a ton. He had one touchdown that was ridiculous, where he was falling down to the ground, threw up a prayer, and it got caught. And and Peyton reamed him out on the sidelines afterwards because clearly that's not uh, what his plan is for for Jameis this year. But so lines definitely inflated. And, we, we've called every every Saints game right this year, right? Yeah, we're three and zero. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. Which is why I'm just I want to go back to the well on it. I think we have a good yep. read on them. I, I I think, as I said, I think their value just inflates and deflates based on the prior week's performance, and it's a great spot to be in from our perspective. All right, for sure. I, I do like that. And Simmons has talked about it on his podcast that that Francesa was kind of on the Saints team. It's kind of he thought they were going to be pretty good. I, mean, I kind of like that Mike got that right. Or he's got. I mean, they look good for so far. I guess. I don't know. Do you think this is a playoff team or not? I'm I'm still kind of on the fence. Tough division. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Carolina, yeah. and then you figure two teams coming out of the West, maybe three teams coming out of the West. It's going to be tough. Yeah. But they're, they're certainly going to be in a, in contention for that spot. Mark, uh, all right, we like the locals. Give us a, give us a non-local game you're eyeing this week. Okay. So this, is, this might be too chalky for you guys, but I like the Rams. Are they minus four and a half in, in the contest? Minus four and a half. So I, I didn't realize this, but I was just kind of looking at the history between these two teams. So Arizona hasn't won against the Rams since Sean McVay's taken over. Um, so the last time they, they beat the Rams was, was when, uh, well, I guess it was interim coach. I think John Fassel had taken over for Jeff Fisher for the Rams. Every game, Rams are putting up uh, almost 38 30 points per game uh, playing against Arizona, except for last year when John Wolford uh, played the last game in, in place of Jared Goff. My only concern is I feel like this is a bit of a letdown spot for the Rams coming off that big win against the Bucks last week, but uh, and, and the trends aren't great either. Uh, but I, I feel like their offense is just like on another level. I know Arizona's offense is very good, but you know the Rams are picking up a first down on forty percent, forty five percent of their dropbacks. It's, it's the top two passing offense in the league next to the Chiefs. Uh, I th- I just think they're gonna their role here. 
Arizona had an interception return for a touchdown, so maybe some regression this week going against the Rams. And I feel like enough people are on Arizona that it's maybe a little bit unique to to take the Rams, but curious what you guys think. Yeah, I'm all over this game too. Uh, it's also in my top five. I think uh, the Rams, I'm, I'm sorry, I think the Cardinals uh, as well as the Seahawks probably are going to be the, the trendy dogs of the week, which uh, I, I know we talked about on Sunday, maybe trying to look for who's going to be the trendy dogs of the week because it seems like the contest players uh, sort of pick those those teams this year. It's not it's not the square Joe Public plays that are that are consensus in the contest. It's it's very popular dogs, dogs that are good teams. And I, I think the Cardinals are definitely gonna be one of them. Cardinals were the number one consensus team last week and all those people got rewarded. Granted it was fluky, but they still got rewarded. So they're probably uh, you know gonna be looking to go back to the well. I think Kyler's just really sexy as a dog getting four and a half. But uh, as you said, McVeigh four and versus Kingsbury, they're good friends. So I think McVeigh just has the upper hand on him. Uh, average margin of victory almost 14 points a game in the four games they've gone head to head since uh, Cliff joined the Cardinals. Trav, what do you what do you think about this game? Yeah, at a light circle on the Cardinals, 50% of the bets, 75% of the money. To me, this is a division game. You're getting four and a half points. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to get too roped into the Cardinals. I don't think I'd be as interested in this side if the Rams, you know, hadn't looked so good last week and candidly the last three weeks. I mean, two three and O teams, and and I think you got. You know, at least against a spread, you get another set of three and zero against spread teams in a different matchup with the same spread, which is kind of interesting too. I don't know. I, I just I, I'm I'm I can understand the Rams love. I just feel like we've had some bad luck in the last couple of weeks going against teams that have covered in the prior or going with teams that have covered the week before, and uh, the Rams just to me seem like a little bit of a letdown spot but there's nothing on the field that would indicate that what i'm saying is accurate so i i've i'm happy to flip i thought the cardinals were going to be one of those teams that everybody's going to be on like I, I can't see contest players being on the rams this week and maybe that's not a good enough reason to take it the cardinals are a little bit overrated given their results they should have lost the vikings game who the hell knows what happened last week if if they don't have that comeback and the, the Jaguars just gift them that game. They did play great in week one against the Titans. I'm still, as I said earlier, up in the air on how good I think the Titans are. So I know, I know what is the DVOA. I don't have the DVOA statistics in front of me. Do we know on these two teams? I'm sure the Rams are very high. Yeah, I think they're, they're both top five, actually. You get you get two top five DVOA teams and you get more than the field goal. I, I agree with you, Mike, about last week, but at the same time, like that's a game the Jaguars with the the field goal return for a touchdown should have had no business not covering. So I think that was interesting, but against the Jaguars, so I don't think you put any stock in it. I do I do think the trend, I feel like this game, I'm pretty sure it opened six. So I'm wondering if some of that Cardinals money was at six instead of four and a half. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I didn't need to force this one either. I just, I'm trying to be different. I, I'm trying to like, when I first looked at the this game, I was like, the first few weeks of the season, we probably would have like been all over the cards and then we've been wrong a lot. So I wanted to flip there. What about the other NFC West game while we're on this game? Kind of similar lines, only three. Both games will be starring in the, that four o'clock time slot with the the Niners hosting the Seahawks. Seahawks getting three. I feel like the Seahawks will also be a trendy dog. I'm not. I'm not rushing to go back on the Niners train at all after what we saw on Sunday night. Yeah, Trav. I like the Seahawks. Seahawks. Yep. Yeah, I think I lean that way as well. Do you think that's going to be popular? Or do you think people are out on them after the last few weeks because they look really bad, especially on defense? Defense has been atrocious. To me, it's. Um... You know, I don't see them going one and three. Maybe that's too simplistic yeah. to say, but I, I'm not very impressed with what I've seen from the Niners. I mean, maybe that was an impressive win or an impressive quote unquote loss against the Packers the other night, but I don't know. The Packers 
looked shitty in week one. They beat up on the Lions week two. I, I, I don't know. I mean, what do I really put in that game? I, to me, the Niners are just still, I'm unsure about that offense. You know, they go up and down, they turn on and off. And I, I like the Seahawks, but maybe I'm just too, too basic and too square. No, uh, I, I like it. Russell Wilson never lost three, three regular season games in a row. Wow. And he's, he's five and one. Five and one against the spread in that third game. So he's he's lost two games in a row seven times, and then five and one against the spread in that third game. I mean, Seattle's still a top ten DVOA team. Niners thirtieth in pressure rate. Their defensive line is kind of overhyped. I feel like, and their their secondary's got some injuries. Um, Josh Norman's now out. Then they signed him late. Kyle Shanahan eight and nineteen as a favorite against the spread. I feel like the trends are pointing in the right direction. Games the last like four years have been there, or past two years have been very close. I, I can get on board. Yeah, I think I'm I'm convinced now. I might have been like this better than the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we had Minnesota last week against Seattle. I didn't see a ton of the second half, but they didn't score after halftime, right? Like, what the hell happened? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really pay attention to that game. It's, it's kind of bizarre because I feel like they're going back and forth to start, and then I don't know if that was Zimmer or penalties or, or what. I mean, it just seems like they've the last two weeks they've had really great first halves. Obviously, they got out to that huge lead against the Titans, and then you know Minnesota, they were still up at halftime and then everything just falls apart in both games it's very strange so i mean i trust pete and, and russ to keep it going uh, in that regard so yeah let's add, add that one to the list i don't have much left uh, myself i'm gonna throw this one out there uh, i hate myself for even considering it but <laughs> i can't ignore the line i like the bears at home another divisional game they're just uh, three-point favorites against the Lions. I feel like the Lions are everybody's little underdog darling after last week's game. You know, they might feel bad. Oh, they fought so hard. They lost on a heartbreaker. They should have beat the Ravens, blah, blah, blah. The Bears are just a complete joke right now with everything that Nagy did, their entire game plan. I get the stats. Justin Fields sacked nine times, 68 yards passing. It was brutal. But uh, Nagy is 5-1 and one straight up in his career against the Lions. I feel like if there's any team that the Bears play well against, it is Detroit. They always play better at home. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback. I'm not sure it matters. I feel like the Bears come out and win this one. Just a, a huge, you know, letdown heartbreak spot for the Lions. I, I don't know how they keep getting up for these games. Uh, maybe Campbell can can be the motivator for this team all year long. But at the end of the day, they're just not that talented. So what, what did you think here, Trev? Yeah, I mean, I've been on Detroit early and often here, but I'm absolutely on the bears this weekend to me the fact that this is a three-point line is absolutely crazy um the bears will never look as bad as they did last weekend and the lions fought really hard and kudos to them but they're never going to look as good um the talent dispersion you know if you just line up the defenses is significant in my opinion um i think the bears have so much more talent i mean i think you know whether it's fields or dalton i agree with you i don't really care i mean if they can run the ball a little bit i think that this this line should be much higher or, or, you know, a week or two ago would have been much higher. And you guys can tell me what the look ahead line was, but I, I think this is a very unique spot to get only or only lay three against the Lions at home. The before the season look ahead was Detroit was five and a half point underdog. Last week it was six. Oh, wow. I didn't really think about this game, but now that you guys are you're kind of talking me into it, I, I do feel like the the heartbreaker. It, it reminded me of when the, the Jets lost to the Raiders last year on, on that Derek Carr Hail Mary. And then they went out to Seattle the next week and, and got their, their blow the they got blown out. I think it was like thirty three to nothing or something. So maybe it's the same case here with, with Detroit this week. Um, maybe that was just such a heartbreaking loss that they're they're not gonna get up for this game. 
Yeah, seventy five percent of bets are on Detroit. Eighty five percent of the money is on Detroit. I just feel like no one's going to be wanting taking the Bears. And if there's a favorite that that could come through this week, uh, I do I do think it's Chicago. Uh, they are a complete fucking disaster. But do, do we know who's playing quarterback? <laughs> no, they they both practice on Wednesday. We're taping this on Wednesday night. Uh, Fields and Dalton both were in practice. I think Dalton was designated as limited. So we, we probably won't know until Friday, maybe even Saturday. But but again, as Trav said, I, I don't know if it matters. I, I think Fields can't be as bad as last week, right? They have to come up with some some way to protect him. Obviously, the you know the Browns rush the passer way better than the Lions do. So I, I can't believe how just sick like Dan Campbell looked after Tucker made it. Like everybody on the sideline for Detroit was just sick after that game. Yeah, I mean, when that kick, I, I thought it was no good. Obviously, I'm sure most people did. Like you see it hit the crossbar, and you're like, "Oh man!" And then <laughs> I don't even, I don't even think I realized in real time until like I saw your guys' text about like, "Holy shit, did you see that?" I think I like it was on the red zone, and I like turned back to another game, and then I had to like rewind and, and see that they actually won. That was nuts. Okay, apparently, some like Ravens coach like hurt himself like in the silver, like seriously like hurt himself <laughs> like pulled something. I don't know, like I, crazy. That was a good game for us to be on last week. We did have Alliance, so we, we were not sweating that out either way. We covered whether or not that field goal went through or not. All right, Chicago. Seems like uh, we all like that one. Trav, uh, what else you got for us? Got a couple of more, but the next one that I would say is, and maybe this is, again, one of my way too square picks, but Cleveland laying two on the road against the Vikings. To me, that's a Vikings season-saving cover that they had last weekend. It was great to be on it. Mark, very ballsy pick. Cleveland you know, has kind of gone about their business here, not done anything crazy but i just feel like i don't know again what the look headline to this game would have been but to me they're getting 65 percent of the bets 80 percent of the money which maybe that's way too square as i said but i just um i don't know i kind of like the spot for them here i assume landry will be out again he's on ir right yeah beckham back, look great yeah beckham look good you know god bless him um <laughs> running back still look good and to me i mean for minnesota I and mean, madison and cook doesn't make a difference to me at all i think madison's great i think he may you know if he had Cook's name played on the back of his jersey, he, no one would think anything different. But I, it just seemed to me like this is a unique kind of zig when everyone else zags spot, but maybe it's just too square. Yeah, I don't really have a side. I, I feel like Cleveland's look great. Uh, Minnesota played great last week. Uh, I'm kind of reluctant to, to go against them at home as a home underdog. Um, but if you're really into this game, I, I guess I can get on board. I feel like the Cleveland offensive line has, has been a little bit shaky. Baker's getting pressured 35% of his dropbacks. Um, Minnesota defense is finally getting healthy. The only part I liked, I just think Stefanski having been in Minnesota for that for that amount of time, I just think he's a way better coach than Zimmer. Um, I know I know the Vikings did did perform well for us last week. The Vikings are good on offense, but Stefanski was worked very closely with Cousins for years. So I feel like he knows everything that's going on within that offense, within that coaching scheme. He knows Zimmer's defense inside and out. And I don't think I think I feel like he'll be able to exploit that that information inside experience more than vice versa, because I just feel like Zimmer's defense is kind of the same thing. It's always been whether or not he has the players or he doesn't have the players. Last year he obviously didn't, and the defense sucked, and he couldn't adjust. So, from a coaching perspective, I like it. I like getting under a three. Uh, I, know, I know we did have success at the those short home dogs last week, but I, I just can't see Cleveland losing this game. I, I will say I do think this is going to be a consensus game. Yeah, it's probably going to be up there. All right. If if this is consensus, I don't want to take it because I don't think it's it's a good enough bet. I have no games left. So, Mark, uh, what do you have? What else do I have? Uh, I have the the football team minus one and a half at Atlanta. It's a crappy game. 
I, I <laughs> yeah, love that Atlanta is coming off a win and a cover. Washington's coming off a loss and a non-cover. Atlanta's two and five against the spread, falling a cover last year. Uh, I was thinking like this is the first non-mobile quarterback that Washington's defense is going to face this year. Um, I feel like Matt Ryan hasn't looked that great. He obviously can't scramble. You know, obviously they haven't looked great, but Atlanta's looked equally as bad. They're thirty-second DVOA. I thought it might be a spot, maybe similar to the Bears, where everybody's off the off the football team coming off that brutal loss to the Bills. That you know, maybe it's a it's an interesting spot to take them as a road favorite. I'm happy to go against the Falcons at any point in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that we had we were on Washington last week, um, and that was pretty painful. The defense sucks. I'm just it's completely <laughs> overrated. I think I said it on last week's pod, even though I, I did like Washington last week. But the defense is awful. And it was bad against the Giants. Uh, week one, I guess they played the Chargers. They looked okay. But uh, the secondary is just, everything's wide open. So the only thing I do like is I don't think the Falcons have a ton of weapons. I don't think the Giants' defense is playing particularly great last three games. And the Falcons had all sorts of problems scoring. Matt Ryan really tried to give that game away. He threw two interceptions that were dropped, like right in people's hands, a Dory Jackson right in the end zone. That would have sealed the game. I wasn't terribly impressed with, with whatever Ryan had to do against the Giants. So I could get on board here. Very similar to the last game we talked about in Cleveland, just a short road favorite. I don't think people are going to be jumping on Washington here. I don't think people are going to be jumping on Atlanta. So probably one of those low pick games. I'm fine. I'm fine going with Washington. Heineke was, wasn't great last week, was he? Mark. I don't think he's been great for a while, honestly. I mean, like I, to me, the playoff game sticks out in my mind, but like that, that was kind of what I'm, my image of him is. But at, this year, I don't know what he's done that would be particularly exciting for anybody. But the, fa- the fact is the Falcons only won the game because Evan Ingram fumbled, you know, in his own half. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's like a literally a lesser version of Fitz. I mean, a little bit of a gunslinger mobile can make a few plays during the game, but not a long-term answer at, at quarterback. Has Atlanta played? Oh, yeah, they played at home to Philly. Okay. That was ugly. Yeah, they got blown up by Philly week one. Arthur Smith looks totally lost getting a good look at him in that giant game. He, he has no pulse on the sideline whatsoever. Kind of very, <laughs> very similar to, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator guys who just kind of bury their heads in their sheet. And I feel like that's okay when you're the coordinator, but when you're a head coach, it kind of has to be like a little more than that. You can't just be thinking you can call plays like you did in Tennessee and have it work out as a head coach. And maybe it's just because they didn't have a good quarterback yet. And maybe that'll change, but yeah. I wonder if they're going to regret taking uh, Kyle Pitts instead of one of these rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Top five. Yeah. I, I think you guys mentioned it earlier in the season that, you know, the rookie tight ends really don't have that much success. I know Pitts was probably popular in many fantasy drafts and has disappointed people all over, all over the country with that, but it's hard to just get the rookie tight ends that first year. You rarely see them come through. I mean, at this point in the season, I don't know what any rookie quarterback has done to like make you think that. And obviously it's a longer term view. I'm not saying that it's not. So, you know, taking a rookie quarterback here may have been fine, but you know, from our purposes, we look at this week to week and no rookie quarterbacks look that good to me. It's like, you know, Matt Ryan as bad as he's been in the last couple of years, like probably the right offensive mind could make him effective would be my guess. You know, I don't know what that means from a football perspective. If that means quick throws, I have no idea what it means, but you know, the guy's not stupid. So I think that's half the position. Uh, he's totally immobile, so that's maybe 25% of the position that you got to figure out how to defend against or, or, you know, as you're the offensive play caller. But this is a total referendum on Smith, not at least early on, not knowing what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, or, or Ryan could just be shot. Like, I mean, he's getting up there in age. I don't know what he is. He's no, like, I, like, I think he's stinks. I, I, yeah. No, no, yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. But at the same time, it's like if that's what you're, if that's what you have when you walk in the building and you're a coach trying to build a career, like, 
to me, it would be my entire focus would be on, okay, how do I make this guy that to your point, Mark is shot? How do I make him mildly effective? And yeah, he hasn't figured out how to do that at all. I'll leave it at that. All right. I, uh, I really don't want to jump on this Washington train, but the hardest thing to do is to take a team the week after they burn you. I can suck this one up. Trav, uh, would you have any other games left? Yeah, probably just a bunch more square picks, but uh, I, I don't know why Carol. I mean, again, this is going to be popular, I think, in the contest, but I don't know why Carolina is a four and a half point dog in Dallas. I mean, they're both three and oh, Dallas coming off an enormous cover. Uh, I, I like I like Carolina and I'm just I like the defense matchup against uh, Dak. Dak's look very good, but I, I've been pretty impressed with the Carolina defense. I don't know what the DVOA statistics are, but to me, it's pretty good. Um, it just seems like a little bit of value. Number one. It, it doesn't excite me that much, but that was one. Yeah, I like the white circle. Um, I'm intrigued. I, I feel like the maybe the rest advantage too. Carolina coming off the Thursday game. Dallas coming off the Monday game. Maybe there's something there. I like it. Yeah. I, I, the only reason I didn't like it is I thought it was almost too obvious. Like it was the game I gravitated gravitated to the most out of all these when the week started. So, yeah, like I was getting Carolina number one team through three weeks, probably best defense in the NFL. Certainly the way they've played, granted against shitty competition, but. I mean, the, the defense look great. I'm worried the J.C. Horn injury. I don't know if that new uh, cornerback they got from Jags, uh, C.J. Henderson's going to be, you know, back in the system already to be playing in this game. So that that does worry me. And I just can't see the Cowboys clearly. I, I think the Cowboys just might be really good, and and I can't see it. So I just, for that reason, I didn't want to get involved. But I, if we need to throw in a game last second on Saturday, I've totally thrown the Panthers plus four and a half for sure. Well, it's it's kind of weird that Philly closed three and a half point dogs and carolina's four and a half point i know dallas obviously looked fantastic last week the cowboys to me are always a team where the public is going to take again like the saints a little bit like that last game and just overinflate the value yeah I, I always think that plays into it a little bit and no one's taking the carolina win over davis mills on thursday night and applying any value to that but you know everyone's sitting there looking at dallas destroying the eagles on monday and thinking that that's important or more important than the, the panthers game so i don't know I, I just always feel like there's a little bit of wiggle room on the Cowboys because they will be inflated by the public. Yeah. That's Whether fair. that's the contest or not is a totally different argument. I just mean the line in general. Yeah. I would imagine Carolina is probably the the more heavily picked side here, but you would maybe think. not. And I'd still be okay with that. I think the rules just been awesome this year. And I, I don't know if the, the Cowboys defense is the one that's going to derail this Darnold uh, dream start that he's had with the Panthers so far. They looked okay against Philly, but that was more on probably Philly's coaching and the fact that they ran the ball like two times in the entire game. McCaffrey yeah. is out. What I mean, I know we don't like to put a lot of weight with running backs, but he's pretty awesome. And uh, whatever, Chuba Hubbard looked fine. And there's a third guy who I'm blanking on who's been around the league forever. I'll, I'll remember it at some point, but that, that, it is worth noting McCaffrey's out because I know he's a running back, but he's really a receiver too. So that sucks. Mm -hmm. what, what do you guys think about the Bills six and a half? Lane, lane six 16 and a half? Uh, versus versus Houston, uh, maybe maybe that's too square. Yeah, I don't want to take the Bills coming off two blowouts and needing another third in a row. Yeah, I, I just I just don't see like how Davis Mills and and the Texans offense is going to score. Yeah, I think it'd be just the Bills, like you know, kind of being lazy with this game, right? Knowing they right. don't need to do much to win. Yeah. So, if anything, I could see the Texans maybe keeping this close. I don't want to take it, but <laughs> the Texans can run the ball. That's true. And their defense has been okay, like average. They weren't awful against Carolina, right? Uh, what would this line be for you if Tyrod were the quarterback instead of Davis Mills? I think like 10 and a half or something. Yeah, I think so too. That's It's just crazy to me. Yeah. 
It's pretty. I'm high. not sure that would be enough. I just or to get me in on the other side. I I agree with you. I, asking Buffalo for a third straight blowout, it's just it's a lot. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably a stay away. A lot of uh short home uh, dogs this week. I guess this game is now no longer a home dog. It's a uh, Denver minus one in the contest. It makes me kind of like Baltimore a little bit now that they're underdogs. Although I'm looking right now, the lines pick them right now live, but it, in the contest, it is Ravens getting a point. I don't like taking any team off of a miracle win like that, but Denver's a pretty, pretty average three and O team three and O against the spread. Just if we're looking for a nice road dog, I feel like the Ravens should be able to compete. They'll get the, all those COVID guys back on defense. They all had a nice little rest and they should be able to, to move the ball against Denver. Denver's down KJ Hamler now joining uh, Judy on the sideline. So their weapons are dropping like flies. I know Noah fans a little banged up. Uh, Teddy covers can't cover forever, right? What, what did you think here, Trav? I did have a circle in Baltimore. It was more than a light circle, but again, I just don't know if I'm so square this week or what. But I just, to me, Denver's a three and O team that has beaten the three worst teams in the league: and the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. Baltimore's fighting their way through a much tougher schedule, and granted, you know they needed everything they had in the tank to beat Detroit last week. But to me, that's like a one of those scares, and they come back this week against a team that I think is just a little bit overrated. So. I think, you know, I don't know what the look headline for this was coming into the season, but to me it was probably like Baltimore minus three on the road. And now I'm getting them, um, you know, the, the point doesn't really matter, but say even if it's pick them. Um, yeah, minus, minus three and a half before the season. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, there's a ton of value. Baltimore has done what they've needed to do. They get a little more healthy. They did bring up some receivers, I think, from the practice squad today or, or off of injured reserve, including Bateman, who was their first round pick. I don't remember if it was this year or last year. You know, so they get some some additional weapons. And last weekend, candidly, like, Mal, uh, Marquis, what, what the fuck's the guy's name? Hollywood Marquise, Brown. Yeah. yeah, who's not Hollywood, but what's what's his real name? Whatever it is, Marquise. Marquise. Yeah. yeah, right. So Marquise Brown. I mean, he dropped two touchdowns. That game wouldn't have even been close. So I think that was a little closer than really the play indicated. So to me, I I would be in, interested in Baltimore. Yeah, to get be and I'll be at only one point, but you're getting Baltimore as an underdog against maybe you know a slightly above average team. I think that's good value. Denver very good at home, but you know Baltimore historically a very good road team. I like it. The Baltimore, I mean, this is they're not a road fave now on it, obviously, but they're twenty one and nine as a road fave against the spread since twenty fourteen, which is pretty eye opening. I'm saying sorry, say that again. Twenty one and nine is a road fave since twenty fourteen against the spread. And obviously wow. they're not a road fave anymore, right, but that right. was just the stat that I had. I, I like it. Um I, I think a slight in game coaching advantage, Harbaugh versus Fangio. Kickers yeah. nullify each other probably, but Fangio um, hasn't had to flex the uh, the coaching muscles much this year. No, these no, the, the teams the Broncos have beaten are fucking atrocious. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're all zero and nine, right? And it's just terrible. Is that true? Yeah, they're all zero and nine. Yeah, wow. we, 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 it's three worst teams in the league. Yeah, and we okay. want to be on two of them this week, but forget that. <laughs> yeah, you got to play these on your yeah. schedule. No, but. I like this one a lot now that now that we're going through it. This is like, I think this is a great spot for the Ravens. I mean, just two weeks ago, if this game was right after they did to what they did to the Chiefs on in that Sunday night game, this spreads even higher, right? My big question right now is how have we made it maybe almost 40 minutes and we have not talked about Tom Brady going back to New England? I feel like everyone on earth is going to put the Bucks in the contest. So I'm inclined to just put it in one of them. And if it loses, at least we lose with everybody. But I do not see how they don't just destroy the Patriots this week. Like, I, I just don't see it. Like, especially coming off a loss, 
Brady's already going to be fired up. He's going to set the record for uh, most passing yards. Going back to New England, I don't know why this is priced like Tampa's on the road because I feel like it's going to be a home game for them. I can't see anyone, especially with how bad the Patriots have played so far. I feel like the crowds are totally going to be cheering for Tom the entire time. So this should be priced like a neutral field game. I feel like it's priced like it should be closer to maybe eight, given the way the Patriots have played. Trevor, are you too scared to take this one, or do you think we should ride with Tommy? I'm not, I'm not too scared. I just I liked some of these other games a little bit better. You know, the amount of now press that this fucking book is getting over the last 24 hours <laughs> is, you know, this game I think is just on everyone's mind, and I just don't see the need to get involved with it. I mean, to me, I agree That's with fair. you, right? I mean, you look at it, and it's like, well, how is Tampa less than a, t- a touchdown favorite or in this game? But at the end of the day, I mean, those are the situations that are the most scary to me. So, says, yeah, I guess says, it's says like, the guy that wants to take, you know, Carolina plus four and a half in Dallas. But. Yeah. Like we're if we're sitting there on Sunday night after our, you know, after the sweat has cleared from from our one and four o'clock games. And we know we have to root for the Patriots because we didn't get involved in this game. But we know Tampa's probably going to be top one, top two play in both. And yeah. we need the Patriots to cover. That's going to suck. But if we were just in on the box, I know I mean, maybe that's not the right way to look at how to get involved in these things. But it's almost like a free point or I'll, I'll beat Mark to the punch on this one. I mean, you know, coming into the year, you would have said, well, no one in the world knows how to play Brady better than Belichick does. And the mm. defense really isn't that bad. So it's just a matter of, you know, if, if you believe that, you know, can you figure out a way for the offense to get a couple of points on the board in new England? And that, and that's you know going to negate our minus six and a half. But I agree based on what you've seen, there's nothing that would make anyone inclined to take the Patriots, but you know, just to point, put it out there, I don't think anyone in the world is more equipped to call a game against Brady than Belichick would be. That's fair. God, God I, I feel like you guys know I have the uh, the Pats bias. I mean, I feel like everybody is picking the Bucks right now. Everybody's yeah, right? saying Tom's going to do great. He's going to play yeah. great there. Yeah, like you said, Trav, I, I just feel like Belichick, even last year when they played the Chiefs, I, I, who's their... Uh, I think Brian Hoyer was starting for them on the road or something, or was it Stidham? Like, they, they were in that game. If they didn't, like, you know, I think sit him through like a couple bad interceptions. Like they're going up against the high powered Chiefs offense. They held them in check. Like I feel like he'll like somehow slow down this Bucks offense. And to be frank, the Bucks defense hasn't been great so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their secondary has a lot of issues. Uh, but you know, obviously the Pats offense has their their own set of issues. So I'm I'm fine to stay away. Uh, but I I prefer not to to take the Bucks. Yeah, I'm fine to stay away. We're going to be rooting for New England no matter what, right? Even if we don't. I don't feel the need to take New England, but we're certainly going to be rooting for them because this is going to be probably the number one play for everybody. So typically, I mean, we look at certain trends and we say, okay, there's going to be mean reversion. I mean, you look at the rookie quarterbacks now that are 0-6, I think, against the spread and straight up against non-rookies. And you have in, in, in this week would be Jacksonville on Thursday night. We don't have to worry about Chicago, the Jets, and the Patriots. Am I missing anyone with a rookie quarterback that, that would start? And I know we don't know Dalton or Fields yet, but... yeah. Davis Mills, I guess, is a rookie. Yeah, I guess technically right. That's a good point, Mark. I, I don't know if you guys ever go on like YouTube to to watch like NFL highlights. Sometimes, like sometimes I'll just do that because I missed like I don't know, or Eric pops up on my YouTube feed. Um, but anyway, it was on YouTube and uh, <laughs> like a Mac Jones highlight pops up. It's like the NFL YouTube channel. And they call him the boy wonder Mac Jones, like in all, all their videos, that's like the nickname. And I've never heard that, that nickname <laughs> given to him before. And then I was like looking at other videos. There's like, what is it? Sam, like, don't count me out, Darnold. 
Like there's another <laughs> like there's all these like cheesy nicknames. Like, Ro- I don't know rolls right running. off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's so bizarre who's ever running that account. That's really funny. Maybe he's just trolling everyone to see if anyone will notice and you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> the boy wonder, Mac Jones. By the way, that the running back I was thinking of with Carolina, uh sorry to derail this one, is uh Royce Freeman from Denver. And then sure. uh the guy to yeah, replace yeah. McCaffrey is a uh, Giovanni Ricci, no relation to uh, Christina. So, or so Giovanni Bernard. Yes, <laughs> I, uh, I do think that that Pat's Bucks game is going to be a highly rated. Like, I, I, oh I yeah, it's going to be the highest. Than, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think there's a few games that we haven't talked about. I don't f- feel the need to get involved in anyone's out there. To, uh, Mark, do you have any other left that you like? Let me see. I don't think so. I, I want to like the chargers but at three and a half yeah. i'm reluctant to to take them against Same. The, the raiders yeah there's uh, that game there's the pittsburgh green bay which i mean if you're going to take a side it's got to be pittsburgh i just i can't go against rogers this week and i don't want to get back on the steelers train just yet um kc minus seven at philadelphia similar to that that Bucks game, I feel like any reasonable person will say there's no way in hell the Chiefs are not winning this game big, but given the way they've played, I don't know, Andy Reid revenge game, but he was also in the hospital. I don't I don't feel I need to jump in there. Kansas City's gonna cover one of these weeks and we're gonna be like, Oh shit, we should have called it. Yeah. I, I would actually consider it this week just given off of the Eagles. Bad I think pretty loss, I don't necessarily want to go against the Eagles, but and they suck. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I was just thinking they're, they're banged up uh, on both their offensive and defensive lines, but yeah, yeah. it's probably too square. It's too square. I, I, don't, I mean, do we have a ton of games in the mix? It kind of felt like we're, we don't have that many games. Yeah, I think we do. Do we? Okay. I'm counting uh, Jets, Jets, Giants, Rams, TBD on Rams, but maybe we'll talk to you by Saturday. Jets, Giants, Rams, Seahawks, Bears, Browns, Washington, Baltimore, and Carolina. I, I just think... We're gonna have to take take some chances at some point with more more double ups. I, I just feel like we're otherwise just gonna be keep going five and five, six and four in the contest. It, it's just it's impossible to go like eight and two if you're picking ten different games. Not impossible, mm-hmm. but it's it just yeah. unlikely. I'm like, I mean, looking at that board that we have, I can't in good faith double up on either the Jets or the Giants, but maybe Seattle or Chicago. Or I would be much more inclined. <laughs> Yeah, I would not. I would not double up on Chicago. Then. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, Chicago. All right. Fine. I, I fought you guys on both the Jets and the Rams. I mean, to me, I'd, it's much easier to get me on the Rams side than the Jets. And I know maybe that's totally basic, yeah. but like, at least we know the Rams can be good. I mean, we we you know Zach Wilson mm-hmm. could be zero and eight and be getting destroyed every week, and we have no idea. So at least like the Rams, there's there's something on paper that I can hold my hat on. I don't Derek know. Henry might run for like two hundred yards this week too. I mean, Jets, that, Jets that game could be 16-7. And we, the Patriots just... ran all over the Jets instead of the Broncos, though. Like, no, they didn't. They did. They had their way. Damian Harris carried like 10, 10 guys into the end. Yeah, that was one run. <laughs> one run. <laughs> and, and but, just... I, but to be, to be honest, I, I would actually be comfortable like doubling up on the Giants. Like, I, I think that's like a, a good swing to take. take. Oh. <laughs> There's <laughs> just too much at stake. I can't yeah. do that to myself. You, you gotta, we're gonna have to start taking chances at some point, though. I agree, but the, the Giants aren't the chance. 0 3 against the spread, inflated line. Jameis. The Giants, we've losing, timed the Saints team perfectly. Losing their second and third receiver. And we've held off play. on the Giants. We've, we have held off. The Giants have been in the back pocket, like in case yeah. of emergency, break the glass here. 
The Giants also lost their starting middle linebacker and defensive play caller for the season. Their like only the, defensive player. Yeah, <laughs> like their leading tackler the last year and the best guy on defense. So, so we kind of glossed over a couple of games uh, that the Chargers and the Steelers, and I, I don't necessarily. I mean, I've been totally wrong on the Raiders, so I'm not going to even bring up the Chargers there. Um, I would say 45% of the bets, 80% of the money, which is interesting. And the three and a half points may scare people off the Chargers a little bit. I think the Chargers are pretty good, although I think the Raiders wins have been a little bit better. So maybe there's just nothing to do there, but I don't understand why that line's three and a half. It's actually three now. So I agree, but it's almost like it's not so asinine that it's like, again, I I just can't rate the Raiders. Right. So I I just, you don't have to listen to me on that one but well well here's the thing if it's three and a half in the super contest but it's three in the circa right now so if the line comes out chargers by three on thursday i would like that i'd be curious mark i mean mark you like the raiders typically so what what do you think i mean you like both those teams so what is your kind of read on that game yeah no i i think the right side for me i think would be the chargers Mm -hmm. um i just feel like that coach is just really smart in game um takes the right chances uh I don't know. Ra- Raiders coming off an overtime game. They've had a lot of crazy games that, you know, I, I kind of like the chargers in a home home Monday night spot. Yeah. That, I'm a little bit there with the Raiders where it's like, these games have been a little bit crazy, honestly. And the chargers haven't been great, I would say, but for a new coach and a second year quarterback, like they've kind of gone about their business. Maybe I should then discount Dallas a little bit more or, or, you know, rate Dallas a little bit higher than I have before. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I think the Chargers are definitely going to be there standing at the end of the year. And I'm not sure the Raiders are. I, I'm just kind of waiting for the Raiders to have an, a week where it's like, ah, told you so. That yeah. doesn't mean I need to drag you guys into that misery, but that's no, I, I, I like the Chargers. I like the Chargers a lot. Yeah. And then the Steelers, it's like, I don't know. I got to look at the injury report. I got to see who's really playing on the defense. I know last <laughs> week they had a ton of guys out. I'm not, I'm not advocating for the Steelers, but. I know, I can't spot. Tomlin as a dog, right? Yeah. Tomlin is if, a dog. if they're getting guys back on defense, I can get on board with that. He can't um, throw though. He I, threw for like 350 yards. <laughs> I know, but it was all did really, it didn't, it didn't look really. good. I it think so. Like, uh, 38 for 58 for 318 yards. How many targets do you guys think Najee Harris had in last week's game? In terms of both carries and targets, no, no, just targets receiving. in the passing game. I'm looking at the box. So I won't say it, 12. I want you to guess. 12. 19. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, did you guys see that one play where Ben, uh, it was like fourth and 10. They were on like the Cincy 25. They went for it and he just threw like a, like a check down to Najee. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it's uh, really rough. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it, but I, I, I do think this, this Packers offense or defense is, is extremely overrated. They, they actually played pretty well. I thought last week, um, against the Niners, but, uh, I'm not convinced at all. Yeah. I think we have enough games so we don't need to do Rogers torture, but I do appreciate the the side. It is the right side, right? You got to take Tomlin as a dog, especially a dog in that many points. I'll tell you the, the Steelers schedule looking at it is kind of interesting. They're sitting here at one and two. If they're not going to beat green Bay, I guess that they have Denver next week at home, which is possible Then Seattle and Cleveland. I, I don't know. I mean, these are all kind of these middle, except for Cleveland, who I think they would not have a shot to beat. Like if they're not going to win one of these games here, this is, these aren't terrible teams. They they could. It's possible they could be sitting here at one and six. And maybe that's just this is the division, you know, evolving. Cleveland's good. Baltimore's going to be good. The Bengals are two and one. Like I don't think the Bengals are making the playoffs, but they can go seven and nine mm-hmm. or whatever. Is that the right math? I can't do this. No. Seven and no. ten. Seven and ten. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if, that Pittsburgh D, like week one against Buffalo, they looked outstanding. Yeah. Like if they're healthy, that's like a top five D. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the Packers, I mean, their offensive line played well last week, but they, they, they have injury issues too. Rodgers just gets it out so fucking fast. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> These are two teams that you you don't like generally, right, Trev? No, I, I don't mind the Steelers. I, I always despise yeah. the the Packers, but I don't mind the Steelers. I think we should add the Chargers in. I don't know about the Steelers. Maybe they can be well, on the very well, fringe. Check, check the check the injury report on the Steelers. Um. Okay. Hold on. I'm not saying right now. I'm saying we could keep oh. it in and check it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. I just. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, Ben's still playing. So <laughs> good. <laughs> Hasn't had a losing season season his entire career. Um, Man, he threw for 318 yards last week. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so if we wrong. If we go with the LA teams, if we put them at least in our in our pool, the New York teams, uh, <laughs> Seattle, coast to coast, Chicago, Cleveland, and then the two DMV teams in Washington and, and Baltimore. That's a and then and then Carolina. I, for some reason, I feel like Carolina is going to get blown out this week. But all right, let's then keep Carolina out of it. That's fine. Um, it's weird. I mean, it's a weird number for them. I it's it's very the weird the numbers throw me strange. off. It's throwing me off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still think we keep it in the mix. That's right fine. Now. That's fine. We'll keep it in. But I'm just saying I don't I don't like it. Something smells off with that game. Uh Trav's favorite Greg Olson, Carolina Great will be calling that game on Fox. Uh Gus Johnson's doing the Bears game. I don't know if that's good for us there. <laughs> Maybe it is. He's a you know, he's Gus Johnson called Fields games at Ohio State. For Fox, maybe maybe we get them there. CBS has Beth Moens and Tiki Barber calling the Texans Bills game that no one's going to watch. Beth Moens is awful. Uh, <laughs> poor Tiki, poor Tiki. Uh, Giants have Kenny Albert and Vilma. <laughs> Jets, you get Gumble and Archuleta. They haven't had that one yet, tra- uh, Mark. Arch. Yeah. Surprise, Archuleta is like a like a main color guy. Yeah, like, I feel like he wasn't good enough. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's actually good. I, I haven't really listened to him much. Nance and Roma doing Steelers Packers. I guess they still think that's a big game. It'll still be great, but that's a rough four twenty five sell as the game of the week when you have Arizona, LA, and Seattle, San Francisco as four oh five local only games. Yeah, I do feel like these West Coast games when they're good ones, are, like they get totally fucked. Yeah. 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 It, it's it's crazy. Like the NFC West ten years ago was the worst division in football and, and now it's clearly the best. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. All right, so that's our list. Uh, follow us at Home Dogs Pod on Twitter at Home Dogs Pod. Still reaching out to the Home Dogs Pod. Um, have not heard anything back. I'm going to try and be a little more aggressive uh, the next couple of days. But at Home Dogs Pod on Twitter, we will tweet out our picks on Saturday night. Mark, uh, you had some trivia dandies last week, so uh, I can't wait to see what's in store this week. Yeah, so let's let's just recap uh, quickly last week's listener trivia question. Uh, since the NFL moved to a 16-game season in 1978, what QB has had the most losses in their first seven seasons? I'll start off front of the program, Dan Kerber. He had three guesses for some reason, even though I asked for two. Um, <laughs> he said Matt Stafford. Um, that's incorrect, but not a bad guess. He was 42 and 51 in his first seven seasons. Probably might have gotten there if, if he didn't get hurt in his first couple of years. Um, his other guess was Eli Manning, which is way off. Eli was 60 and 43 in his first seven seasons. And wow. then his th- third guess was Sam Darnold, who, who hasn't played seven seasons. So um, that was a little strange. <laughs> well, he just uh, has had a lot of losses. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, Jesus. <laughs> well, actually, that's that's telling. Um, and so 
another another person, Ian Halverson, had guessed Vinny Testaverde, which was also a very good guess. Vinny was 2751 his first seven seasons, which if you listen to our pod last season, Vinny has the most career losses as QB, albeit not in the first seven seasons. Um, his other guess was Kerry Collins, 45 and 43 in his first seven seasons. That was incorrect. Lastly, Jeff Kung guessed Drew Bledsoe. Um, mm-hmm. Drew Bledsoe was 58 and 47 in his first seven seasons. Um, I feel like people forget how good he yes. was like early in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do got to hand it to Jeff. His other guess was David Carr. Attaboy. David Carr was number two in, in most losses in their first seven seasons. He hit, he was 23 and 56 in his first six seasons and he didn't play a, a seven season. So he had 56 losses and the number one was Derek Carr with 63 losses he's 47 and 63 in his first seven seasons uh so there you go the car brothers most most quarterback losses in their first seven years wow i I thought when we talked about this last week that david was number one i didn't realize it was Derek. wow yeah i agree i i I, david was the one that popped to my mind but that's that's crazy to me i mean like how in this day and age do you survive that long is crazy and now he's amazing he's like the best quarterback in the league this year like based on like qbr but well, hopefully everyone keeps thinking that we can face yeah. the we're, show we're, the going against him, we're going against him this week based on that seven-year track record alone. Uh, all right for you guys this week do you guys want an easy one hard one well mike's Every destroying middle me tier. So say hard okay so it's three and a half to one and a half right now why don't you go easy first and we'll you know okay okay you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna ask you guys for can you name the four teams across the four major sports basketball football hockey uh baseball that have the longest current playoff droughts. So you get a point for each that you get right. Wow, four-pointer? Four-pointer. Trav, you, you have the honors here. You can pick your sport, too. We're going to do... You can just jump around? Yeah. I mean, this is very wide-ranging. You know what? It's a three-pointer. I don't have the hockey one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> hockey sports. Yeah. yeah. The Nordiques? Uh, three-pointer. The Raiders? Not the Raiders. Let's keep it NFL. I will say, uh, uh, man, it's crazy how these teams do make it and then just absolutely go in the shitter. Uh, is it the Jets? It is the Jets. Uh, they're currently at 10 years. Um, next closest is Denver and Cincinnati. All right, so football's taken care of. Pirates? Uh, not the Pirates. No, they, they made a wild card game in like 2012. But yeah, because it's harder now because there's there's more teams that make the um, playoffs now in baseball, technically. I, I would never have gotten this. I don't, I don't follow baseball anymore. Last year's a little fluky, too, because they expanded it. Uh, the Rangers, Texas? That's not right. That's, no. that's my guess. They were in the World Series in like 2011. Damn it. The Marlins? No. Uh, not the Marlins. Hmm. Maybe this was the hard one. Like even teams like the Royals won the World Series six years ago. The Orioles were in the playoffs. Uh, <clears throat> do you want do you want me to give you the years that the baseball and the basketball team has, has not made the playoffs? Sure. Uh, so basketball, this team is on a 14-year drought. Baseball, this team's on a 19-year drought. Mm. Blue Jays? Nope. So I happen to be in Chicago with a couple of Canadians um, watching this Yankees Blue Jays series and watching them hang on every pitch to try and get them into the fucking world or get them in the playoffs into the single wild card game, I guess. It is. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, something else. Um, I'm going to switch sports because I'm losing the baseball a little bit. 
uh, Timberwolves? Uh, no. I feel like that's a good okay. guess, though. Uh, that's what I, that's what I, I was going to peg. You can keep it in baseball. Uh, the Padres? No. <laughs> Do you guys want like a conference? And no, then... no, 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 no. We'll get it eventually. ALNL? No. So I had two NBA guesses. That was actually a yeah, the just, Kings, I guess, would be my next one. The Kings, Kings is correct. Sacramento Kings, 14 years. Drives on the board. 14 years? Yeah. Wow. Baseball. The baseball one is a 19-year playoff drought. To be honest, I'm actually kind of surprised. I, I don't follow baseball, but... I have a guess, but I'll... I'll I, oh, is totally it the, uh, the Mariners? Yeah. 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 Oof. Yeah, this guy's surprising me. Yeah, they're fighting for it now. Like, I, I feel like... Beginning of the millennia, they were like, didn't they have like the most wins ever in a season? Yes, but they didn't win the World Series that year. Yeah, Brett Boone was the uh, MVP of the league that year. Was Jay Buhner on that team? He was juiced up. <sighs> Junior wasn't gone, I believe. No, Jay Buhner was he on? Oh, team? Jay Buhner? No, this was like Ichiro, Brett Boone, Brett Boone, yeah, Mike yeah. Cameron, uh, Mike Cameron. I want to say. Was yeah. that the hard one or the easy one? No, that was supposed to be the easy one. Oh, man. Okay. Um, do you guys want to do a hard one too? Or should we just call it? Yeah, maybe we call it. Save it for next week. Okay. Good. But, uh, let's send the listeners out with a good one. Yeah. So, listener trivia question this week. If you know the the answer or want to guess, uh, tweet at us at the home dogs. No, that. No, that. Home dogs pod <laughs> uh, on Twitter. Can you name the player that has the most career TD passes without winning a Super Bowl? Hmm. All right. Maybe so it's you know the maybe it's some uh some of the scrubs we mentioned earlier, uh heading back to last week. Uh I know Drew Bledsoe got a ring with the Patriots, so that was who I was thinking of. But uh yeah, tweet us your your guesses. We will get our picks out on Saturday night. We got a lot of teams to uh sort through, whittle down, talk ourselves into, talk ourselves out of. Uh big week coming up. Need to get over the five hundred mark uh, week four. So we'll uh see you on uh Sunday. See you for the games. Enjoy them. We'll talk to you next week.